Hey now, welcome to the City Off Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. Today, we've got Iowa Hawkeye volleyball player Kendra Hansen on the show today. How's everything with you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So to start it off, um, I want to ask you about kind of just tell us about like What's your story like? How did you first start playing volleyball? And can you kind of tell us about how you first got into the sport? Yeah, so I grew up in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and my mom played volleyball in college at Minnesota Duluth. So I kind of have a volleyball background, I guess, with her. And I played every sport growing up, but they really wanted me to stay in volleyball, my parents. So um, I started playing club volleyball when I was like eight or nine at a club called Minnesota Select. And then I moved to Mizuno Northern Lights and I was there throughout like my whole club career. So, yeah. So you talk about your mom playing college volleyball. So what was it like to be in a household where you kind of had like your own like mentor of somebody who kind of paved that path already where you could kind of get advice and she can kind of tell you what like what it takes to get there? Yeah, I would say it comes with its like pros and cons, of course, because after a game, you know, if I didn't do so well, she would know exactly like what I did wrong. And sometimes it's hard to hear that, but it's also nice to get that feedback because, you know, it's good feedback because she knows what she's talking about. So I enjoyed it, but it was also frustrating at times. For sure. So what was your recruitment process like? Because I know in volleyball, people commit super early. So were you one of those athletes that committed super young or what was that whole entire journey for you of just getting to Iowa and what schools did you consider besides Iowa? Yeah. So for my class, at least, or like the older girls recruiting was complete, it's completely changed. So girls started getting recruited at like eighth grade. Sometimes you would get letters in seventh grade. Like it was way too young. Is that even legal? Yeah, like it's not legal now, but it like it was legal. Um, so I would get my first letter. I was like going into eighth grade where it's like you get something in the mail. that's like, hey, like university, uh, let's just say Iowa is like interested in you or whatever. And then you would like pick up the phone and call these college coaches when you're like 14 years old. And it's like so weird. But yeah, so I started getting recruited in eighth grade. And then I committed one like as soon as I finished my freshman year, I was like, going into my sophomore year like that summer so I was talking to pretty much only big 10 schools I toured like Minnesota Wisconsin Nebraska Iowa I looked at Iowa State Uh, I talked with like Ohio State but I never visited and I had it narrowed down to either going to the University of Minnesota or here and I like love it here so happy with my decision so what was the deciding factor for you on why Iowa um I knew like a lot of people here. I like love the campus. I think it's like a super unique campus where it's just a college town and it's not like in a city or anything. Like it's just like college pretty much here. And I I love all the coaches, like the gym is awesome. So yeah. So one thing that I think Jack would be interested to know about you if he doesn't know it already is in high school, you're a manager for a hockey team. And Jack's, Jack's a big hockey guy, so that's why I bring it up. Okay. So how did that start? Are you, are you a big hockey fan being from Minnesota? Like, what was that kind of – how did you get into the position while playing volleyball where you're already committed? How did you manage for your um, hockey team? 
Yeah, so I managed for the women's hockey team at my high school for just one season. It was super fun. Like the coach was pretty chill. Like if I had a club tournament or I needed to be out of practice early or something, he was like, go do it. So like it's, I could make whatever I like was able to make, you know, it was really fun hanging out with the girls. And I have a lot more, I guess, respect for managers because they do a lot of like the unseen work. But I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like a hockey fan like I'll watch the wild if they're on and like that's my team but I'm not gonna like religiously watch it but yeah. was there ever like a little rivalry between the girls and the boys hockey team or was there only a girls team at your high school I'm, I'm honestly curious I know yeah. you are. we have a, a boys and a girls team there okay. was never a rivalry I, like they would get mad at each other for like ice time and stuff like that because like the boys would go over and then the girls wanted to get on and like whatever so it was like a little bit of beef I guess but no no I was just curious because that's like a that's a very interesting dynamic where it, it, it's a oh well it's not it, it, there's no hitting allowed for for the girls is there or is there a hitting allowed uh there's no like checking yeah there's no checking I was, I was just curious because like th- that's like the one sport where I'd say like boys and girls both playing like a contact sport it's just like maybe they want to like cross their wires and beat the beat the shit out of each other one day I don't know like maybe on the ice maybe they haven't scrimmage each other I don't know I was just curious because I went to high school here in Illinois and I the only schools I knew that had a girls team or a co-ed team or I don't even know if there's co-ed just a girls team were up north and I, I don't think like I'd ever seen any of them play so I, that's just why I bring it up but um, I grew up with a sister who played volleyball like her entire life and she stopped uh, after high school just because she was a five foot four setter and so there was no place for her like in life and volleyball but she was like good for what she did but one thing that like my sister was really good at was that pepper drill where you just keep hitting it back and forth right so my question is, do you have like a number in the back for your head that you've gotten to during the pepper drill where you're just like damn or is it just like you zone out and you just keep going? No, I feel like maybe that was a, like, we do pepper, but the game of like, oh, how long can I go? Or like, yeah. what can we get to? That was probably more like in middle school or whatever. Like, I mean, that that was like my memory of it was when she was yeah. like middle schoolish, but I don't know. Like I, I tried to get in on it and I was horrible, but like, yeah. it was something that like everybody can try and do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It takes practice for sure. Jack, Jack bringing those middle school trainings to college trainings. <laughs> Sam, I'd love to see you get in on the pepper and see if you can hang for more than like two. Oh, I'd crush I'd love it. To see it. I'd no. crush it. All, all the Florida Beach volleyball, Jack. All the Florida Beach volleyball comes in uh, handy. That is true. I actually, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Exactly. But um, I want to ask you. Speaking of training. What was kind of the age where like you kind of started to lock in and start saying like, okay, I've got to work when, you know, I'm not just at practice, like when nobody's looking or, you know, when did that self-motivation come and what is kind of like your why that drives you? Like, what's the why? Yeah. So like I said before, like I played like a bunch of sports. So I would say I had to stop playing all my other sports and my volleyball coaches were like, okay, you need to like commit to this or like not do it type of thing. I probably had to quit all the sports at like fourth grade or fifth grade, but me being like, okay, I need to go to the gym. Cause I need to like really work on this for like the next tournament or whatever. was probably 
like sixth and seventh grade, like right before like recruiting honestly started happening, which is like so scary to say, cause it's like, you're so young, but yeah, that's when I started to like be going like to the gym all the time. And my why, my why has changed like throughout my whole volleyball career. I, my why used to be because, you know, I want to win. I want to be an all American. Like I want to be good. Like, you know, like the typical, like I want to win, whatever. But as you get into college and you like, there's so many more factors that go into like being an athlete, like you're a student first, like you have like all these other responsibilities to like be a part of. And it's like so much to manage. And it's sometimes just overwhelming. My why is I'm playing for the girl that like wanted to be in the gym all the time when she was in like, you know, like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, like that driven girl that like was obsessed with volleyball I'm playing for her because she dreamed of where I'm at today that's awesome so speaking of like your younger self you know kind of going back to the recruiting thing for one sec what was it like being recruited in eighth or ninth grade like you're just getting into high school at that point what was the stress or like the decision making process like when you're trying to pick your college already like it's so weird like I remember being in the office with my parents and I'm like okay I'm about to call like a 50 year old coach and I'm like just in high school like uh so it was like awkward kind of like calling all these coaches because like they're not allowed to call you but you can call them type of stuff you know uh making my decision that young like obviously like the campus was like a big factor and stuff but it's really just like what coaches are like personable like my whole life my club coaches were like literally like different like just different set of parents for me or like whatever like they were family so I wanted to like have a candid conversation with them and like have it not be weird even though I was that young and Iowa did that for me so what did you learn about yourself through that process Mm, I about myself Mm -hmm. Hmm, learn about myself. I learned that, well, I kind of just learned that you need to be upfront with people because even though you're that young, like this is a business for them. So they're trying to, you know, get you to come here with like maybe too little of money for what you deserve or like all that. So I learned through that whole process to just be candid, be upfront, tell people what you want. Like, don't let them tell you what they need, tell them what you want. How has that helped you today? Um, I, I mean, it's, it applies in like my everyday life still to like this day, you know, with like, you know, working in, I work in a pediatric audiology lab. Like you can't let people come in and like tell you what to do, basically tell you how to do your job. Like, you, you know, like, I don't know. And especially to your coaches, like they're your coaches, but you have to like stand up for yourself if you think something is not like working with the team or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And with, so kind of changing gears, I'm kind of moving around a little bit, but going back into the training and um, kind of your why and all that, what has, you know, you're a junior now or like gonna be a junior, yeah. How have you found, you know, it's a younger team, like, how have you found your leadership? Um, like, where do you fit in leadership wise? And like, where have you found your voice on the team? And where do you try to find your voice? Yeah, so I feel like my voice on the team is, I feel like I have a voice in the gym, like, 
throughout drills and stuff like that, but it's been hard to find my voice on the court just because I've been, I told you, like I was like sick this past, the past two seasons or whatever, but I feel like I'm, you know, I'm an upperclassman now. So I feel like a lot of girls have come to me with like maybe outside problems or like, Kendra, like, how do I like better manage this? Like with school and volleyball or like they're nervous for preseason. Like that's been like a lot of texts I've gotten recently from the younger classmen. Like, so I feel like my voice is I'm the person to go to for like advice. That's cool. That's cool. So I, you know, I talked to you about a while ago about how your freshman year, you had 135 kills and this answer that you told me, I, I find very interesting. What brings the grit out of you to get, you know, 135 kills? What gets you amped? Can you kind of share with us? Um, yeah, so I like, like when I play, like I like to be like really like angry. So I told um, Sammy that like if a crowd is like heckling me or like yelling at me, like that like motivates me. That's not like getting in my head. If it gets in my head, it's like in a good way, you know? So, yeah. What's, what's like the best thing that someone has said to you that you've just like flipped that switch. You're like, oh, that's all you had to do, man. I you literally, I, I don't think I can even say it on camera, but Sammy. You, can you, can you, can you say it with bleeping some of the words or giving synonyms or is it that vulgar that it, flipped your switch that well <laughs> i don't know like if they call me like a bitch or something like whoa dude, we're not allowed to swear on this podcast you literally have been so i just did <laughs> all right fair good i don't know it has to be more personal like that's not gonna really do it so just know that it was personal i guess when they it's when they do the research and they really try well, to no yeah, i i, I <laughs> I'm that guy. Like yeah. I am that. That's what I told her. That's that, what I told like. Her. That's amazing. You're doing a very good service. And, and what I, I told, <laughs> what what's been discussed, ahead. Jack, and I think I talked about it with you too, is you know we've made it very clear to all the athletes that appear on the podcast we are going to go to at least one game of every sport this year. That is the goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. with that, me and Jack are going to be your designated hecklers. Okay, we are going to get you so angry. I don't know if I'm going to heckle her. I whoa, mean, I might heckle the opposing team. But don't we want Iowa to do good? She said if she gets like, okay, that is true. Her. I'm going to have to learn how to heckle my own team in a very indirect but positive <laughs> manner. All right. Yeah. That's something I'll work on. And I, yeah. Can't yeah. I can't know it's you. Otherwise, it's not going to work. What if, how about this? What if, like, we just come and we're supportive, but we like bring in people and we place them around Extreme yeah, Arena? We, we pay and there's that, yeah, and scream yeah, and really they, mean and they things about you while yeah. you play. That'll go well. It sounds so bad. Well, not not so, mean things, but like just, you know, hackle. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. A good hackle. Yeah. Yeah. Just get you amped. But, but me and Jack will hackle the other team. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Love okay. That. Perfect. We got a deal. And then after the game, like, she'll be like, thank you guys for, like, coming and, like, you know, giving me a career performance. Like, that's how. Exactly. When when she goes to the press conference, she'll be like, oh, my gosh. I oh, she has. A quick, a quick shout out to my fans, the Hawkeyes, you know, heckling me because, you know, it really lifts me up and takes me to the next level performance wise. Um, one, like, kind of, it's not personal, but, like, my sister played a lot of club volleyball, too, and 
like what's the difference in in how the team and how you you interact with your teammates from like a club team to mm. like a school team like how how does that differentiate and like how do you how do you carry those relationships throughout a year like let's say those girls on your club team don't go to school with you in those like teenage years so like what was that like for you growing up yeah so I love my high school but no shade but we sucked at volleyball like we were so bad like we probably won maybe like three games like every season like so bad and so I don't I think we had one other girl on my team that played club and it was like off and on club like she sometimes played sometimes didn't want to but whatever so what was so frustrating was I came from like my club team was ranked nationally like we were like either one two or three like every year like we had like the dream team, I guess you could say, like we all either went big 10 or like to really good schools. So we were super good and we were super tight knit group. We've been playing together ever since we were like, like nine or 10. So it was frustrating to go from like such a great team with such like good connections. Like I know that, I know that my libero is going to be right next to me getting my pass to like high school where it's like, uh, there's no, like, this is bad. So I don't know. It How was did you like, balance that? Like, how did you, like, yeah, like how like did you try to be who, a good teammate mm-hmm. while you're, uh, you know, kind of furious that they all sucked and you're like, here, you're a division one. But, but like, there's nothing you can do because it's right. just like, that's who they are as like volleyball players. You know? Yeah. It's just like, I feel like high school was more like my mental training area where it's like, this is so frustrating. Like I just, I just had to learn to be a good teammate. And I, 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 I so I started playing varsity high school as a seventh grader. And then, you know, you're just like a little middle schooler. You don't say anything. But as I got older, I, you know, I like wasn't always like a great teammate because I would like let my frustration get the best of me. Like I wasn't always like good about that. But as I've gotten like I was a sophomore kind of junior, senior was like my time mentally where I grew the most on like learning how to be a good teammate, even though your team might not be the greatest. So how did you take like those experiences playing with your club team where you said like, you guys were nationally ranked. You guys were the shit called the plumber. And you take that and then you go and play collegiately where everybody is that good. And, you know, the, the margin of error for skill is, you know, that, I mean, everybody's that good. Like how, how did, how did that teach you or how, how did you grow in that kind of situation where everybody was good on that club team? And then you come to college and, you know, everybody's kind of at that same level. I mean, like, are you saying like how do I deal with like the competition? Or, like- well, not like how how do you deal with the competition, but like you you said you guys fe- you felt like you had a dream team for that club team, yeah. yeah. And you guys like it felt like there could be no wrong. You guys were unstoppable, but y- you then take that next step and you come to college. How do you like? W- was there a moment where you you were almost like taken back? You're like, okay, like I need to take a step back and actually like not think it's going to be like that? Or did you come in knowing like you gotta, there's going to be that work that needs to be put in. Like, I don't know how to phrase it. It was just like, you made it sound like the team you played with in club was like that much better than everybody that it kind of gave you that mm-hmm. on the shit mentality kind of, or am yeah. I wrong? No, you're totally right. I'll answer it to the best of my ability. So yeah, from club it going to college, it was kind of a shock just because like, one like you grow up playing with each other and like you know like how you how like everyone plays or whatever so then it's like you come to college and you have to like find your little puzzle piece of where you fit on fit in on this team 
And, you know, every year your team changes and other teams change. So yeah, it's, it's, it was a shock. I, I would for sure say it was a shock. And like, also just like getting to know the girls and like, you know, it's like high school all over again, but like just advanced high school, you know? So it changes every year, but getting here, it was, it was a shock. What's the biggest challenge or adversity you faced as an athlete? Um, I mean, obviously like the cliche answer is like school and volleyball, which, you know, that's very hard to balance, but I would say prioritizing like mental health and time for yourself because you really only get free time in the summer. So there is no time. Like if you're, if you have free time, you are not doing something right. Like, you know, so prioritizing mental health. And I think I've learned um, now that I'm a junior, how to like prioritize it. So with prioritizing mental health, a work-life balance is what I call it, um, Mm -hmm. and managing school or school sport balance. Um, What's a normal schedule for you or a day in a life? And like, how do you go about doing that? Like in season? Yeah. And then outside of season or whatever, how do you balance balance volleyball, mental health, all of that? So kind of give me the two kind of like, how do you prioritize mental health and how do you balance school and sports? Okay. So during season, um, so I'll wake up, whatever. Sometimes we have team breakfast and we'll normally have lift in the morning. And then after lift, you like sprint to your classes. Cause it's like happens in 20 minutes and you're like, crap, I have to shower. So whatever, then you go to your classes and you come back for practice. And that'll question, get done. question real quick. Are you one of the athletes that has a moped or do you just run to I class? I do have a moped. Okay. Yeah. So you moped to class. Yeah, but she's a little, <laughs> little bit rusty and old. So sometimes, you know, she doesn't start, but Ooh. he's getting, she's getting fixed, but yeah. So then I'll go to class and go to practice. And then afterwards we have team dinner. And then after all that, you have to do your school. So then you're up pretty late, but what I've found that really helps me like lately, I've been um, starting to do it more is reading. So I'll like, if I'm super tired, it's like, oh, I just want to pass out. Like, no, I need to at least make like 10 minutes for reading. Like that's my me time where I'm just me and my book, like, you know, or like my, I have a cat. I need to spend, you know, 10 extra minutes with her, like hanging out, just like no phones, like with Nala, you know? So it's just like the little bit, it doesn't need to be like an hour. It could be 10 minutes. You know? Yeah, no, that's cool. I've become a big reader. I was a reader when I was younger and then I kind of took a couple year break and then I've yeah. kind of gotten back into it over the last year. Yeah. What, do you have any book recommendations or books that you're reading right now that you're very into or can yes. you kind of give some book advice? Okay, so I just got done reading this book. It's called Hell Week and it's about like Navy SEALs and what they have to go through like through Hell Week, but it, each chapter is like, it's written like you're going through hell week. So it's like, it's a really cool read, but at the end of every chapter, there's a lesson and the lesson like puts perspective in your life and like how that relates to your life. So it's kind of eye opening on like, it's good for like team building and like how to work in a team and mental stuff. I don't know. I love it. And right now I'm reading a hundred essays that will change the way you think. I've and heard of that super good i'm like halfway through yeah but, I, have, I have a navy seal book i can recommend you too 
Yeah, I would love to read it. I love anything with like war, like stuff like that. Yeah, I'll send that to you. It's a really good book. It actually changed kind of my work ethic after reading it. So yeah, that's like how Hell Week is or was for me too. Yeah, I'll definitely read it. I'll send that to you after the pod. Um, so then with mental health, so it's kind of the reading, and then what else? Kind of you hang out, hang out with the cat, hanging out with Nala. Um, okay. Or if like if I just needed to like talk to a friend, even like just talk about my day. How's your day going? Like you know, just yeah. don't talk about volleyball. Don't talk about school. Yeah, nice, Jack. I just want to make a quick observation. We've we kind of know a lot of cat owners, if you think about it, or people who have cats. If you think about it, we were just talking to somebody who had a cat who we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks. You know, Ty was babysitting some cats. Yeah, I forgot it yet. Those Remember? cats were cute. I saw those cats. Yeah, Ty's a big cat dad now. But yeah. and then now and now she has cats like Jack. So a little thing about Jack is when the last pods we did or a couple pods we've done. Jack's had his dogs in the room. Jack has four dogs and he usually has one dog on his lap and one dog like floating around the room, like just kind of observing. Jack, I, I feel like we're like just running like an animal themed podcast at this point with so many animal lovers and animal and so many pet owners. I do think we have to make it um, something we bring up every time with our guests about their pets and what they have. And, you know, cause we, it, it does always and indirectly get brought up like yeah so Always. i think this is something we should definitely make uh we should make a little segment about it just like your your pets what yeah come what on you with got, your what pet. you yeah. one thing one thing just kind of not 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 on the pet topic at all but i just want to loop back to it is there a name for the moped or just name oh. moped? no name for the moped why it's, is that you just didn't want to do it it's too unreliable. Like I can't give it a name if I don't like love it. Well, couldn't you give it like a like an unreliable Dave? I I couldn't think of J- one. Jack, think of head. a name real quick. Give us a name. How proud? I can give it a name. Uh, I was gonna say Noah because of Noah's arc, but Noah made a pretty damn good arc. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any good ones off the top of my head. Um, yeah, no, that was kind of shitty. But either way, I was just curious because I I I named my car. Um, I named it Skeeter yeah. after the dog that Tim Riggins had at the end of Friday Night Lights. He named the dog Skeeter. So it's been my car's name ever since. That's adorable. I like that and name. Jack's, Jack's big on naming cars. That's not yeah. it. I've just named. All right. Well, no, here's the other thing. I've had two cars and I've carried the name over for both. Is that wrong? I need both that opinions. Wrong. That's wrong. Fuck. All right. Well, the first one was technically named Willie by somebody and I. I refuse to call it Willie, but all right, I'll let it slide. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to loop back to as well was you talked about having your uh, your pediatric, uh, what is it? Uh, audiology. Thank you. No, 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 thank you. We'll talk a little bit about that. Like what's, enlighten me because I can't even pronounce it. Yeah. So, well, my, my major is speech and hearing sciences and my minor is American sign language. So I hope to go to grad school and get my doctorate and to be an audiologist or a speech pathologist. I don't know which one yet, but basically I just want to difference. I don't don't know the difference. A speech pathologist works more with like, well, it's different areas of the hospital, but one could be like with babies and like, they don't, they can't like eat or swallow or anything like that or it could be with like trauma patients who had a seizure and like they forgot how to like talk like it's with 
everything. If you have a stutter, speech pathologist, you know, yeah. an audiologist is like working with kids who are deaf, hard of hearing. Maybe they have like need a cochlear implant. And that's like, if you're deaf and like, you need like, you know, the little circle thing right here. It's like a hearing aid or giving kids hearing aids, like stuff like that. So audiology is a little bit more schooling, but I think I am leaning towards that path, but we'll see. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. I'm, I'm curious just because Sam, I went to a speech pathologist when I was like two, I couldn't speak English when I was supposed to, I was like, Oh, you were a late talker. I was looking at my mom and I was staring at her intently. Like, I know what I'm saying. I know I'm saying it to you. And it was coming out. And my mom and grandma thought something was really wrong with me. And it was just mumble jumbled, nothing. And they were like, Whoa, like, this oh. is, that's an issue. I'm and now look smiling. at me. I know and I'm only smiling because now all you do is talk. Right? Like that's what I even told her. I'm like, oh, look at this. Like you you fixed me and now I can't stop freaking talking. But yeah, I was just curious because I, I had to go to someone and I didn't know if, what that difference was. I can't even pronounce it. But what wanted or like what inspired you to get into this side of uh just kind of health and all that? Um, so well, I originally came to college like wanting like a business degree. I like didn't know what I wanted to do. Both my parents are in business. So I was like, yeah, business, uh. But it like never really interests me until I I took my first ASL class here. And my teacher Tim, he is deaf and he kind of like in inspired me to like work with that community. So if you take an ASL class, you have to get like hours within the community, like the deaf community. And doing that like just really opened my eyes and I was like I want to do something with AF like ASL so like speech path and audiology I can work with deaf uh kids and adults so it's kind of best of both worlds yeah um going back into your athletic career a little bit and your sure. uh, you know volleyball life um what is your pregame and postgame routine? I love asking athletes this question because I'm always interested. So what, if you have a pregame routine, any music you listen to, any activities you do, any like superstitions, do you have any of those? I, I well, before I, before a game, I always have to have like coffee or like just a, a ton of caffeine, like an abnormal amount. And then I'll normally listen to like, angry rap like suicide boys or like something like that and then after a game I kind of just want to like leave the gym immediately so I don't really have like uh after routine I'm just like getting is that is there a go-to post game meal that you're like mm -hmm. I have like you crave something after a game or you're like I, well, I, I always like I, I always McDonald's. yeah I always crave McDonald's Sprite but like I never get it but I <laughs> Like whenever I'm done working out, I'm like, dude, I want Sprite so bad. Jack, I will say that's a first. What? Wanting McDonald's Sprite? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's Usually it's like somebody wants a big meal. Usually we get like the big yeah. meals, like people want to feast. Just Sprite. That's like a good answer. But I, re I respect it. It's not just any yeah. Sprite. I respect it. McDonald's Sprite. Yeah. I sodas like have an extra like dosage of corn syrup and goodness that all of their drinks taste like way better than they do if you bought them at like high V. So yeah. I, I respect that choice a lot more. I'll follow up on that. Is it the regular Sprite or like that berry Sprite that they have? No, regular. Okay, regular. just making sure. I know a lot of people that swear and would die on that berry Sprite hill and I call them crazy too. So don't worry. Jack, Jack sure. being a soda connoisseur. 
Sam, yeah. there's there's a couple things in life that you should take seriously, and it's the little things. And that's one of the little things I take seriously. It's like, do you really care about Sprite? Like, hold on, let's dive into that a little. That Coke machine where you can get like 80 different flavors of sodas. I bet you're the type of guy that goes there and just gets like normal Powerade. You're like, oh, look, I don't me. drink I'm gonna, soda. I'm just going to get like blue Powerade. That's not a soda. That's well, my I, point. I know, but I don't drink soda. So what would, what would you get like a, a diet? I mean, I mean, if I had to get like a sugary drink or like soda type, of, I'd get like lemonade, I guess. But oh. I drink, wa- drink when was water. When's the last time you had a soda? Swear to God. Um, last time I had a soda in Iowa City at some point. I mean, probably so you, at a bar. So you just, I'm not a soda guy either. I'm not like making this a thing. I don't, yeah, I don't saying, go out and order sodas. I, I order, I order at a water. Bar. So it's all right. I'm not coming at you. I'm just curious. I know. Sodas is a very diverse. <laughs> You're topic. doing this whole investigation. Like, no, okay. I'm just curious. You made it sound like you've never had soda. So I just needed to make sure. <laughs> okay, Jack. Making sure. <laughs> well, okay. Well, Jack, well, Jack in his head investigates our soda drinking habits i want to ask you what are your favorite iowa city restaurants or favorite iowa city meal while we're on food topics um i really love basta the only downside is i have to bring my own noodles because i have celiac disease but basta is like 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. and i really like noto too or from or formosa okay what's your go-to at formosa what's your go-to at noto and what's your go-to at basta i love all those places so Pasta. I just like bring my angel hair pasta gluten free or whatever. And then I just get their like, nor- like their spicy red sauce. Mm, yeah. Formosa. I get like the chicken teriyaki bowl, but like gluten free. So no sauce. It's, it's literally rice, broccoli and like chicken, but whatever. And Noto, I get their, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's just a BLT. So good. Or their grilled cheese. There is like literally amazing. Yeah. Grilled cheese is gas. Yeah. I didn't forget the other face I said. What did I say? You said Noto, Formosa, and Vasa. Named them all. Oh, I'll bet. Okay, good. You crushed it. Um, what is your biggest accomplishment? Like, what do you find to be your greatest accomplishment in your volleyball career? And then what are your personal and team goals for this Big Ten season? Right. Personal accomplishment in my volleyball career. Mm-hmm. Well, my best like memory, I guess, accomplishment memory, whatever it was, we won our, the national championships in club volleyball when I was 17. But honestly, like lately, it's probably learning how to like not take things so seriously. Like if I have a bad practice, like it's okay. Like bad game, you know, life goes on. Like I'm not going to like remember that game in 40 years, you know. So just not taking things so seriously. What's helped you not take things so seriously? Um. I've had like a lot of health issues ever since I got to Iowa and that those experiences like being hospitalized and stuff like that for that it has like made everything else just seem so like you're totally fine because that was like the worst like experience ever it's just just perspective yeah definitely yeah no I can relate to having perspective on different things um so with that like now you know trying to kind of not be so hard on yourself, but obviously having goals going to the year, what are some of your personal and team goals? So for a team, I mean, we're going to talk more about this Monday when preseason starts, but we've kind of talked about it uh, at the end of this past season. We really want to go over 500 and make the NCAA tournament. Mm 
So fingers crossed it, ha it happens, but I think it will. I think it will. I think we have all returning players. Um, things are looking pretty positive for this season. So how like now you kind of talked about like having summer off a little bit where, you know, you have more time than usual. So like now starting off the season, starting school, what are you going to kind of miss about having some of the free time that you have? Like, is there anything yeah. or are you kind of just ready to get going? I mean, I'm pretty anxious about getting going. Like I'm excited to start, um, but I'll, I'll definitely miss just like, you know, like my free time. Like if I want to go home right now, like I definitely could, you know, and I could go on the lake and just chill, but it's just being so scheduled and like you don't control your schedule. So my free time chilling by the pool outside, going home, stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen some of your social media posts. You're a big lake person. So yeah. are you a boater? Are you like, are there, what water activities do you enjoy? I was about doing? to say, what's the favorite yeah. water activity? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hmm. I really tubing, just like tubing, skiing. What, what's the go to? Mm, I really like kneeboarding. Like if I'm oh. doing like lake activities, like kneeboarding. But I like skiing too. I'm not very good at it, but like I'll do it. But otherwise, I just like tan on the boat. You know, I just chill. Fair. And um, diving into one thing that I was excited to talk to you about on the pod is um, you really, ha you know, from the first time I met you, like you've been very passionate about female athletes mm -hmm. and female athletes being properly spotlighted, having a voice and, you know, female athletes oftentimes being overlooked um, in different ways, whether it's through the media, whether it's through other ways, you know, so kind of like where does that passion come from of, you know, wanting female athletes, whether it's get more credit, get, you know, more attention or just have more opportunities in one way or another? Like, how did you kind of get passionate about that? And through your experiences, where do you see there needing to be more improvement? Yeah, well, I feel like it didn't start with me being passionate about it, like through sports. Like, I sure. think it came from my mom since like, she works in an industry where it's very like male dominated. And she always taught me like, you know, like I'm a woman doing this, like you can do this if you wanted to do this. Like, like ever since I was younger, like she's very empowering towards women, like within her industry with like my family and like women in our family and stuff like that. So I think like my, I get my strength from like my mom for it, but with sports, um, I mean, I'm going to talk, I guess, specifically about like volleyball, you know, volleyball doesn't get like a lot of recognition. And like, part of the reason is because, you know, we haven't had a great track record of like winning, which like, hopefully like that's going to improve. But part of it, I feel like is upon ourselves. Like if we want change, like within like our female athletics, then like we need to be the change. Like people aren't just going to like hand it to you and be like, here's all the coverage of like you guys, you know, losing or whatever. So we've had talks about that as a team as well. Cause you know, it's like, it, you don't want to say it's embarrassing, but it's like embarrassing that we don't get it. Well, it's cause like we're losing. So it's upon ourselves to like kind of take the charge and make the change, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and Jack talked about with um, actually before I go to that. So like with, you know, being a female athlete, like from your experiences, like, you know, when you've seen, you know, male athletes in college sports or in high schools, like, 
when have you like seen like like have you ever seen athletes who do very similar things to you and get very different opportunities or have you seen like what have and like how do you react when that's happened like what's that been like for you yeah i don't i'm not gonna like obviously name any names no 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 i'm not asking you to there is yeah i mean it doesn't even need to be like specifically happened to me but i see you know like women's basketball players or like women or men's basketball players and like comparing like the women's and men's sports Mm. and like they'll be like amazing girls on the women's basketball team and like you know maybe mediocre to good guys on that or the men's basketball team and it's just like here men's basketball like i don't want to call it like men's basketball or whatever like love you guys but you know what i'm saying like it, it, it could be any sport like i don't know it's it's like frustrating, but it like is how it is. You have to like make your own voice. So, yeah. No, I I, I think like one example I could think of that's pretty good would be, um, like male hockey and female hockey. With female hockey outside of just like college, like past that, there's really nothing concrete for them, and they haven't really. It, female professional hockey players haven't had much of a say in their career, and you've seen in the last. I'd say two years, a lot of them start to like speak up and stand up and actually say like, we demand more, we demand more of a say, or we demand a better situation. And I think like, you're really seeing more of like a change in female hockey more so than I wouldn't, I'm not going to like try and compare sports, but that's like one example that comes to mind right away. And it's kind of ironic that we were talking about it earlier on this episode, but like, it is like, I, I, I just see all the time female hockey just being pushed to the forefront and them saying there's so much skill and so much good for people to see that they just haven't. And it's just, people don't give it the time for whatever reason, because it doesn't make money. Who knows? Yeah. I totally agree with you. And like the WNBA has also been like stepping up more. I don't like follow that a ton. Like I don't really follow basketball, but I know they've been, I've seen a bunch of posts about different WNBA players, like speaking up about that so it's been it's been cool to see like the progression as it's slowly like becoming more of a topic that's talked about yeah that's awesome and um yeah I just had to I had those questions I had to bring it up but um one thing that I wanted to touch on earlier which our kind of discussions kind of went another way but I wanted to go back to it is Jack Mm -hmm. talked about the comparison between travel volleyball and you know high school volleyball or team volleyball um, but I want to ask you, what are the differences or what do you enjoy between beach volleyball versus court volleyball? Yeah. So beach is like, beach is cool. I know there's strategy to it. I don't like play it a ton. Um, I enjoy it. It's fine. But court is so like just dynamic. Like I think it's the it's the only sport it's the I don't know how to word it like it's the only sport with the most amount of people in a space or something like that like it's just so dynamic there's so many different systems I see what you mean you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like if if, and and this is like spike ball it's not like an official sport but if spike ball was to ever make that like official jump it'd be like spike ball would take over that trophy of being the most like action Mm -hmm. in one little do you know what I'm what what do you know no, then what are you trying to say then? Jack, start the campaign to make spike ball unofficial no but i'm confused with what you're trying to say then no so you know how volleyball there is a inbound yeah. it's like painted you're, you're okay okay yeah, yeah yeah all right well there's like a court boundary yes i see what you yeah. mean and but like there is like the amount of action and how they do it I, that's where i was comparing but i see what you mean yes yes, yes. 
so it's just so dynamic like there's so many different things like so many different types of serve so many different defenses like offense like whatever like it's just so dynamic which I like I think I like court better I think what do you what do you love about the strategy of volleyball like what do you enjoy about playing the game like what are your top two or three things that like when you're doing it you're just like this is my favorite thing to do it gets you all like juiced up like just like I love this uh I think it's I I love it and I'm I feel like I love it so much because it's just like constantly changing like there's never just gonna be like you know well I don't know no basketball or hockey like hockey you pass it you keep passing it until you shoot it but like volleyball it's you can score on a block you can score by someone you know shanking a volleyball a serve a hit you know a dump like there's so many different ways to score like I don't know but the best I think way to score is through a block because just like "Mm, I just did that like I just blocked you I don't know how do you get the hops if me and Jack want to hit hit the weight room, we want to get our bounce up a little bit. How do we get some of those volleyball hops? Just do a bunch of deadlifts, basically, and squats. And um, Zach, our uh, strength coach or whatever, has us doing, like, a lot of conditioning. And then we'll do some jumps with, like, dumbbells or whatever while we're holding them, like, by our sides. And then hurdle jumps and stuff like that. So by jumping, you're increasing your jump. So... Yeah. Oh, so, sounds like I'm not going to be getting my hops up. Yeah, it's like not super fun training, but it's like obviously you need to do it and it's worth it. But of course, yeah. I mean, Jack, maybe you can start up like your volleyball career, like your quest to play beach volleyball or something. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, can't do it. <laughs> my <Bad> shoulder. <laughs> yeah, Jack was a big high school football player. He played O line and he pro- he's that guy who prides himself like we did a podcast a couple months ago and I was asking him about football technique and wrestling technique it turned into a 45 minute talk lecture by Jack where I probably said 15 words in the 45 minutes and he was trying to teach me about his glory days of playing football so I think this kind of goes back to my mom like helped me learn how to speak again or just speak uh, in general. So, uh, oh, okay. Beach pathologist. Yeah. I mean, blame yeah. me for just being passionate about my life and my experiences. Sam. Hey, it's just you're, you're blaming. You, you got me rolling like a ball and I was going down the hill nonstop, uncontrolled. I, I mean, get it. I we get made it, it an episode. Yeah, it was fine. It's okay. You're a star athlete. It's we the glory it. days. Everybody has them. And I still haven't shut the book. But hey, <laughs> maybe one day. But my final question for you mm-hmm. is what does being a Hawkeye mean to you? Hmm. I think hmm, being a Hawkeye. Well, I obviously think about being a volleyball player here, being a student. And I think about just growing a lot more as a person. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love asking. We've gotten a wide range of answers from current and former Iowa athletes. So that's like when our favorite questions to ask but i i have one one last one did you ever because i i i imagine volleyball serves are very routine oriented did you ever have a routine that you were sick of in your career where you were like man i wish i could just stop doing this but i really can't because it's the only way i know or did you just like you never had that issue i'm curious 
like a weird little mm -hmm. but you have to like actually bounce the ball three times and then oh, do a yeah, half spin yeah. i still do but it. it has to be a half spin it can't be a three quarters no i literally still do this routine i've done it since i was like forever i i have to serve on the left side of the back court and i have to bounce it three times like like hit it bounce it and then i have to like set it to the ground three times and then i'm ready like i've, I've been doing that since i was like yeah i don't know like 10. Yeah, no, I my sister is the same way. That's why I bring hey, it up. Just every, everybody's got their own little knack. Huh? Hey, yeah. What? What? Sam? I'm thinking when we go to the volleyball game this year, I think post game, as long as they come out with a win, I think you got to learn. Like, she has to teach you how to serve. I'd love to teach like, me how to serve, dude. My sister was a killer at serving. That's what yeah, I'm good but, at. But Jack, I can't, it's not that easy. I, I want you to serve no, like a college stop. athlete. I can do it. I can't, I don't think I can do like a sick jump serve. Like I don't, that's, that's what you gotta learn. Yet, but that's not in my bag. I think she, I you, you can teach him how to do a jump serve, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. See, there we go. You, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. So you just, one. everybody just has to tune in for um, <laughs> maybe a month from now, a little into the season. We'll go. Yeah. We'll see how far well, your, your, your pepper well, goes, Sam. Dude, in middle school, we played volleyball every day. I literally had the unbeatable serve. I'm not even joking. Like I literally. I'm sure you were an underhand, no, clenched no. fist type dude. No, no, no. Okay. I crushed the serve. Like I, 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 I have a lot of other volleyball weaknesses, and I will be upfront with that. Hmm. But the what's, serve, the, what's the number one weakness? Oh, the number one weakness, diving for a ball. I'm, I'm not a diver. You, you can't. You haven't learned how to like hit the floor gracefully. No, like I, don't well, think well, well, I, I mean, like yeah. keeping it alive, you know, like if you die, oh. you know, like bump it up to like save it, you know, I, I, I can't get there. So like, I might need some lessons on that. If you're teaching Jack how to serve, yeah. you just sound like you're a step slow. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it's coming after a game or something and we'll see what we can do. Oh, oh there we go. We'd love to hear that. Hear that, Jack? Like we, we, yeah. we're, we've been getting Dude, I'm always down to put some work in. Yeah, Jack, we've been getting like the sympathy, like agreements for private training from all the athletes. Think about it. Like mm -hmm. the baseball guys will take us hitting. You know, the basketball guys will help us work on the three ball. Golf will teach you know, us how to putt. Teach us how to putt. Like we're, we're collecting the private lessons. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad I could actually be successful at something in life. But Kendra, we can't thank you enough for taking the time coming on here and sharing all of these little stories with us. Uh, it's been an absolute blast for us and for everyone listening. Uh, like always, not the same time, same place. We will see you guys later.